Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to the Behind the Bench podcast with Carter Eckel. This is episode 83. Uh, once again, uh, I am not Carter Eckel for the second straight time. Carter is exploring the outback or river boating on the Mississippi or whatever he does when he's not here. We don't know, but he's due back. We'll look forward to that. Uh, my name is Duke Rittenhouse. I'm the news editor here at Nevada News Group, which is the Nevada Appeal, Record Courier, Lahontan Valley News, area newspapers that you're all familiar with. And uh, Jeff Mulvihill is on the producer console. The Behind the Bench podcast is sponsored by Played Again Sports. It is your best place for new and gently used sporting equipment needs. You can check them out in the Topsy Lane Shopping Center or online at playedagainsports.com. Just like it sounds, one word, playitagainsports.com. And thank you to those guys for, for helping us out with that. And Jeff, a little bit of a change-up this week. I want to talk about the past a lot um, and a little bit about the future because we have some big plans here. You've actually sat in on a couple of these meetings. To get right to it, we are pretty excited about an anniversary. 100 years ago, 1923, the football teams from Carson High School and Douglas, uh, at the time Gardnerville, met for the first time on the football field. 1923, uh, I believe that basically it was just a case of the Douglas team starting a team for the first time, and uh, they played. And, you know, it's funny to look back, but who knew that, you know, a hundred years later, you and I are sitting here today, this is the best rivalry in the state, which we'll get to in a minute. Don't want to do too many nuts and bolts here today, but I'll tell you this. For anyone listening, we are pretty fired up about this. Uh, we have some big plans for the fall. Uh, those plans include, uh, just as an example, a special section, uh, some more podcast episodes. This is kind of maybe consider this the first one talking about this. Uh, we will emphasize the teams a little bit more this fall. We will probably post some extra stuff on the various websites, which would be NevadaAppeal.com, RecordCourier.com. The Lahontan Valley site is part of Nevada Appeal. You, you'll you'll be seeing, I think, uh, a little bit more than usual, the emphasis as we delve back into the past and, and look at the rivalry, which, you know, let's face it, it, it on the one hand, it's a football game. It, it's over in a couple hours every year. On the other hand, though, it, it, it's, a, it's a fabric thing. It's, it's part of the fabric of uh, these communities around here, and it gets bigger than the game. It's Jeff, you brought this up on last week's podcast. It's interesting that these are one high school towns, essentially. They're fairly big communities that have gotten to be fairly big. They have one main high school. That kind of is a different dynamic. In your opinion, how would you compare that to, I'm off the top of my head, I think there's nine high schools in Reno and Sparks. I mean, what's the difference there to you? Uh, It's actually quite shocking to me because I I grew up in Klamath Falls. We had three high schools and there's 17,000 people. There's four times that many people in Carson City, and they have one high school. Yeah. So it's so foreign to me. We had th- we had four, three, and that was before the Catholic school shut down. At that time, they had four, but to have three high schools in such a t- tiny town, and here we just have one. So it's it's very different. Yeah, uh, believe it or not, I can name those schools. I uh, in, in Klamath Falls. Yeah, yeah. Klamath Union, Mazama, Henley. Right. Yep. yep. So and, and you know it, what's interesting, Jeff. Speaking of of Southern Oregon, um, before I started work, right around when I started working there, which would have been in the '90s, I don't remember the exact timeline, but Medford, 
kind of a Carson City-ish town. Medford was this fairly small Southern Oregon community. It had one high school. It was just this gigantic, unbelievable school. They finally had to split it, Yeah. Uh, North Medford and South Medford. I don't just, by the way, for anyone who might be like panicking right now, I have heard no rumors of that. I have, you know, I, I don't have any inside information on Carson being split. I'm just saying that sometimes well, it happens. Even following the news, wh- where they're talking about purchasing land is next to the Next to the current school, you might yeah. build two schools on the same property. So yeah, so I mean, it, it, it it's funny. It it's different all across the nation. How how uh, school districts and how um, organizations like the NIAA how they handle their business. It can be different wherever you go. I just think it's interesting that in this area you've got Carson and Douglas High Schools. They tend to dominate their areas. Um, and. The, uh, circling back to my original point, that's led to, uh, you know, one of the reasons this is such an important rivalry. On the football field, they meet once a year unless there's a playoff situation. Um, it's a big deal. It's it's bragging rights. It, it's I used to have an expression that there's some sporting events. It's the type of thing where if you go to one sporting event a year, if you don't really care about sports and you go to one a year, this is what you that's go to. One. Right. We used to make that joke about the the Rose Bowl, which is... You know, the only college football game all the little old ladies watch, but they all watched it, yeah. right? That's why it was so successful. So you've got a little bit of that going on, too. Just obviously, for anyone who's been around here, a huge part of the fabric of these communities. And over the years, I think the rivalry got off to kind of a slow start, but and I'll, I'm going to hammer on this a little bit coming up. But over the years, it is um, it has morphed into, in my opinion, just undoubtedly uh, the best rivalry in the state. On the field, and and that's the entire state. Uh, there are other good rivalries. One thing that the the Carson Douglas event has survived, or you know, keeps going, is they they're still playing today. There's some classic rivalries where a few things happen that, that can turn it into less of an event. You can have a situation where the teams stop playing. As an example, up here, you know, Reno and Wooster used to be gigantic rivals in the all through the 70s and the 80s, even into the early 90s huge rivals. Then Wooster for football moved down. They weren't scheduled every year. You know, and frankly, both Reno and Wooster at different times went through some losing spells. The kind of uh, this game is super important type thing got to be less, and that rivalry is faded. They rarely play. I remember a couple of years ago, they actually did play, and I was like, well, this is kind of a strange thing. There's a couple in the South where the problem is, uh, I think it's Las Vegas and Rancho is one of the older rivalries down there. It dates to at least the 40s, I think. And the problem is there was a period where Las Vegas High School had won like 23 straight in the rivalry. There's your other problem. Mm. You know, is it a rivalry when kind of going into the game, you know who's going to win? There's some other factors, too. The, 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 but the Carson-Douglas rivalry has survived all of that. It's competitive. It's played annually. The schools are only a few miles apart, connected by the same road. You know, so it's got everything going for it. And kind of, you know, we are just fired up about that. We would normally, you know, um, for for the game and leading up to the game, we would normally do heavy coverage in any case. We did last year. I mean, it, we were all out there. We, yeah. had, we had two photographers. We had the boss there, yeah. you know. And yeah. we would normally do that anyway, but we're just going to be so fired up this time. And we've got, like I mentioned, big plans uh, heading into it. One thing I want to do that I think will be kind of fun real quick is – a uh, little time machine action. Talk about how the rivalry started in in 1923. First, you know, you know, I love my trivia. I'm going to hit you with some trivia. All right. 
So the NIAA dates to about 1922. It's, it's a little hazy, but it, they date their history to 1922. They awarded a state football championship in 1922, 101 years ago. Uh, who who won that state football championship? I would guess it's got to be one of the two. Or th- well, it couldn't be Car- couldn't be Douglas because they didn't exist based on what you just said. So I'm assuming Carson. The correct answer is Carson. Nicely done for our, our producer there. Yes, Carson uh, is your first recognized um, NIAA champion, the 1922 football team. Of course, we're talking about the next season, which all kinds of interesting stuff happened. I've... Uh, I've researched it a, a little bit to, to try to get some background here. But uh, r- briefly, let me take you back in time. This is kind of some fun stuff. I mean, some of the things we think about when we think about sports today or, or high school sports and, and leagues and playoffs and tournaments and the way we handle things, none of that existed is, is the first thing. Um, the uh, championships, the first couple at least, were awarded mostly when everyone stopped arguing about it. I mean, it was, it was, there was nothing, there wasn't even a league. I've researched every game I could find in Northern Nevada. There were, looks like seven, yeah, seven teams I could find that played each other, sometimes as many as, as twice. They just played, and at the end, right around Thanksgiving, the last game of the season was on Thanksgiving. Uh, Fallon won to remain undefeated, uh, they went 6-0-1, near as I can tell. Uh, and Fallon is the 1923, they're your official state champion. Um, you can look it up. But as I researched this, what was really interesting is I've researched as much as I can in the fall of 1923, and there were no playoffs. There was no, uh, there was no anything. And, you know, the other thing I noticed, of course, I, I'm, you know, I work in the media. I talk to people about media all the time. The coverage was so different. The way they did things. It was really interesting. Even now, uh, you know, it doesn't matter if you're hardcore or casual. If you want to know a score, uh, you know, you've got social media, for one thing. You've got some of the TV stations do those highlight packages. You can see highlights from games you weren't able to get to. You will have uh, online coverage uh, from, from us, from other publications. And then uh, if you're still into printed publications, you have us, uh, all of our, you know, the ones I mentioned at the top. And you've got uh, paper in Reno. Uh, you've got, you know, everyone's covering it. It's so different. So as I went through the fall of 1923, though, I'm telling you, I, I went from August to December, and not once did I see a set of standings, just to give you an example. No one even bothered to put together some standings. I mean, this, I, I don't know if it didn't occur to them or if it just wasn't done. Um, I mean, the other thing, 1923 is like the third, fourth season, I believe, of what we know as the NFL. I mean, Football itself was still kind of developing. So the idea of doing standings or or whatever never occurred to anyone. So at the end, when Fallon was the only undefeated team left, it kind of it sounds like everyone shrugged and said, good enough. And it's just really strange. And then the other thing is the inconsistency. I've got different scores for some different games. Um, as an example, we've mentioned at the top of the show that 1923, the Carson and Gardnerville teams met. Three, three different final scores I found for that game. And, and they're fairly close to each other, but it's like this inconsistency. None of the stories have bylines on them. I mean, not, they, they just weren't doing it. They Not even staff report or anything. I mean, nothing had a byline. It was just kind of different. It was fascinating to look at. And, of course, a lot of people know this already, but I'll, I'll touch on it briefly. You know, Carson dominated the early part of the rivalry. It was an established school 
that had won championships. And uh, it took Douglas a while to get going. But the, um, you know, so the early part of the rivalry is all Carson. Douglas finally wins, by the way, in 1938, a year that they played twice. Douglas won both. And then there was a period, you know, they played quite consistently as in the 40s and 50s. As Nevada grew um, and classifications came into play, which we talked about last time, you know, for a long time it was just one class. <clears throat> then they called it large and small, and then I think they switched to A and B. At some point there was a double A, single A, and a B. You know, as you, you can just see, it's just getting bigger, and they need to divide these schools up. So there's this long period in the 70s where clearly Carson was what we used to call triple A, and uh, Douglas was one level lower in double A, and they didn't play, uh, which, you know, if that didn't change, we probably wouldn't be talking about this today because they just wouldn't be rivals. But uh, starting in, I believe it's 1979, Douglas was moved up. It was a league game then, so now you've, you know, it's back on the schedule. According to my notes, they've played every year since then, which is one reason we are talking about this. That's 44 years of, you know, playing at, you know, at least once a year. And, and that's where we stand now. For those curious, and again, Carson dominated the early part, the teams have met 82 times. Carson has won 53, Douglas 26, there has been three ties. So there's a little history for you. And real quick before I forget, <clears throat> Jeff, another thing about the coverage was, in, in 1923, was the editorializing. I mean, there was, there was not always this clear separation of reporting the facts versus I'm, I'm inserting my opinion into this. And, you know, we're pretty careful about that, right? Like, if we cover the game... We're not cheering for anyone. We're reporting the facts. You know, Carson scored a touchdown. Douglas scored a field goal. You know, we're just, we're kind of reporting it. If we want to write a column about it or whatever, we do that later. Or, you know, and we, and we label it clearly. So you'll love this. I actually photocopied this. This is following a Carson loss. And, I mean, this is, this is from the Carson City News, which um, through a series of, you know, mergers and acquisitions and over the years is basically your Nevada appeal. Um, and right on the front page, this is great. So Carson loses, I think, a game they were kind of expected to win. And here's what one of the, the writer has to say. This is a quote. Persons more or less familiar with the habits of the Carson players were able to realize very fully that often the cigarette smokers were the fellows unable to rise to the occasion when a gain was needed to make first down. The local players relied on to make many good gains on end runs didn't have, oh, the local player, didn't have his accustomed steam. This, it gets better. Instead of saving his strength for the Carson-Reno game, he expended a lot of it Tuesday in a duck hunting expedition. So, I mean, right now, they know for a fact this kid went hunting. This is great. He assumed greater knowledge of training facts and conditions than that of his coach and others who have gone through the mill and who know what they are talking about when they urge the boys to observe good hours to live, to live cleanly, and I'm sorry, my photocopy cuts off, but I, it, it's something about save their strength and energy for the games. I mean, I'm not making that up. That's in print. It, it's just right there on the front page. They're talking about, and that wasn't the first time the cigarette smoking was a controversy for the whole season. Apparently, the players, a lot of them smoked. At least some people at the Carson City News and presumably some fans didn't like that. 
But I love the part about how the kid went hunting and they're going to call him out for it. I mean, this is probably, this kid's probably like 16, right? And he went hunting and he's getting called out. I mean, this sort of editorializing, thankfully, went away at some point. And I mean, we just wouldn't do that. I mean, we, we there's about a hundred things in that we would not do. But I figured that was worth a quick, that was worth a quick thing. So, um, yeah, I can guarantee you, Jeff, uh, whoever wins the 2023 game, we're not going to ask the coaches, you know, if anyone had a dentist appointment or, you know, <laughs> it's just, it is absolutely crazy. So, um, anyway, anyway, that, that, that was basically my, uh, my goal for this podcast was to get us going on that. And, uh, that, that quote makes you think, you know, you look, you look at, some things happen and you're like, well, where did that rule come from? How, how did, what's the origin of that? And then you read an article like that from the past. It's like, well, that's where all that came from. Yeah. And you have mandatory practices, no smoking, blah, blah. I mean, there's, there's several rules that have been written because of that article alone. Yeah. It used to go on. No. And it's funny, as I said, I read a whole, you know, four months worth of papers and, and what you just said, there's some truth to that because they talk about, uh, there was an article about whether um, what we would call trainers. Basically, the article was, are trainers needed? And, you know, they were trying to answer that for themselves. Do they need someone there on the sideline? You know, so, yeah, you can see where the the genesis, obviously, at some point, the answer was yes. But you can see the genesis of it, like, there probably was a game where there wasn't a trainer. Probably a kid broke his leg. You know, something fairly serious. And they're like, you know, we should have had someone here. You can... <laughs> You can kind of see where this this gets going. There was, well, it's fascinating. Even though there was an NIL at the time, Nevada Interscholastic League, there's this long article about whether high school sports needed to be organized in Nevada. So either they weren't big fans of the NIL, or they, or I, I, it was kind of hard to follow. Actually, what's funny, Jeff, is the the article writer thought that the Block In Club up at UNR should run it. In other words, the Block In Club, my understanding is, is people who have lettered. At Nevada, it still exists. I think. I mean, yeah. if you if you letter at Nevada, your block in club, well, uh, should they run it? Which is, you know, if you're really into it, you know, it it's not exactly without precedent. Texas, uh, huge state, obviously, thousands, uh, probably a thousand schools or many hundreds of schools, um, is run by uh, the UIL, the University Interscholastic League, which got started at the University of Texas. They were just you know, hey, someone needs to organize organize this. The people at Texas are smart; they can do it. So it wouldn't have been without precedent. But um, you know, as you touched on, the, the you can see the origin of some of this stuff. Yeah. Oh, and and the, the you know they would talk about who the officials are and, and how uh, you know it's tough to there would be a referee and a linesman, and that was it. You know, so it's tough to co- it's tough to cover twenty two kids playing football when you're doing that. So I'm sure if we kept looking in the 30s and 40s, we'd see that they added a third official and then added a fourth official. And even today, we only use five. So um, anyway, just good stuff, good history. Uh, so you'll, you know, anyone interested in any of this, um, you know, even down to being a graduate of either school, you're going to want to stick with us this fall. We got big plans. I mean, it, it, it's more, as I've, I hope I've emphasized, it's more than a football game. Uh, we will, you know, be all over the game itself. But we're going to try to uh, reach out, find a bunch of people who have been part of it, see what they think. We're going to take some good photos. We're going to find some great old photos. And we're just going to package all this up and make it a fun fall exercise. The Behind the Bench podcast is sponsored by Played Again Sports. 
It is your best place for new and gently used sporting equipment needs. You can check them out in the Topsy Lane Shopping Center or online at playitagainstsports.com. Just like it sounds, one word, playitagainstsports.com. And thank you to those guys for, for helping us out with that. I got to tell you, Jeff, I think that's it for me. I think I hit my goals. Uh, my goals were to get us going. Like maybe this is our kickoff day for this, uh, our plans for this thing. It, it, it is a big deal, uh, and I really hope everyone likes it. And it's going to be a fun experience. I mean, that, that's a you – know, having grown up in a small town, we had a rivalry. It, depending on the sport, it kind of was you know, Mazama and KU um, that you referenced earlier. Um, and then I moved to Reading, and we still had a crosstown rivalry with Enterprise and Shasta. And, you know, my first experiences with the rivalry here, it, it's all sports. It was mm-hmm. last night, actually. Carson uh, Carson City Little League 12s played the Carson Valley Little League 12s, and there were, there were tons of people there. Yeah. And it, it's it's a thing. Yeah. And the, I think the best thing for me about it is, <clears throat> like you said, we're 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 there to see what happens and and report on what happens and those kinds of things. But you never know what's gonna happen. And there have been years that there are blowouts, and there's been years that it should have been closer and there were blowouts. But you just never know. I mean, the score last year of the football game was ridiculous. Was it twelve to eleven? Yeah. How do you <laughs> score eleven yeah. points? I, I mean, I remember writing on Twitter. I think it was that you know I've covered sports for a long time, and I guarantee you, in any sport, every sport. That's my first 12 to 11 final. Oh, yeah. That was my first one. Never heard of it. I mean, <laughs> and, you know, I didn't even touch on this. And we, you know, we could, maybe we will. Maybe we'll do more of a history podcast uh, maybe in September or something. But there was a four-year span. I believe it was, I believe it was 2010 to 2013. I might be off by a year on that. But there was a four-year span where um, the game came down to the final play. And yeah. it, it, there was two of them were field goals. One of them, you know, one of them was a... a uh, the team that was behind didn't convert the winning play, that sort of thing. But I mean, you, are you kidding me? Four years in a row? Yeah. I mean, it, it's where well, you've just got. In my time, there's been super exciting things that happen. It's like you you gotta you gotta witness this because you're gonna miss something that that's you may never see again, and because none of us have any clue what's about to happen, mm-hmm. and and consistently it always comes. So and I don't you know I don't. It's funny. I don't know if that's the rivalry. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but this is just electric with with this this particular rivalry, and it's awesome that we get to cover it. You know, part of it part of it does come down to when you get a good rivalry, a, a legitimate good rivalry. You get the unpredictability. You get the kids bringing their best effort. And you know, even in a case, there's a cliche of you know throughout the record book and that sort of thing. But I think last year's game is a perfect example of this. I think Douglas and Carson were both hoping to have better seasons. They didn't. Their game against each other was still hugely important. The winner was, you know, a, going to do the playoffs for one thing. Right. Um, but it, it's that case where, although they were disappointed uh, in their seasons up to that point, it turned out to be a good game. It was an entertaining game. It was hard hitting, one point game. Uh, it was everything you wanted. I mean, yeah. if you didn't know their records, you would have thought this is fantastic. God, yeah. this you know this team's probably six and one. This other team's probably seven and zero. Oh. You know, I mean, if you had no idea because of how hard they were playing and that sort of thing. So sometimes, in a good rivalry, you bring out the best in each other. And um, I think over the years we've seen that with this rivalry. Yeah, and what we talked about last week with realignment this year, they're. It might mean a lot. It oh my gosh! First or second place. Yeah. Can you imagine? Quite possibly. 
Yeah. Uh, off the top of my head, I should have printed out the schedule. Off the top of my head, I think it's October 20th, uh, whatever that Friday is. Yep. That's going to be fantastic. I mean, you're going to want to get there early. I mean, it'll be. Yeah, because it will be. It's at Douglas. Yeah. So. And so, yeah, no, which is that I think both schools have nice facilities for what that's worth. Um, there, there's, so there's no there's no disadvantage there, but it's, it's just going to be fantastic. Yep. Yep. So that's a good note to end it on. Uh, I've read the uh, the sponsor promo, so I feel like <laughs> I feel like I can sign off now. So, on behalf of Carter Eckel, who will rejoin us again soon, on behalf of our producer Jeff Mulville Jr., I am Duke Rittenhouse. This has been the Behind the Bench podcast, and thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.